This podcast is part of the Telerik Developer Network. Telerik, a progress company. Hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Chris Michelle. Hey, I'm Chris. And today we're going to be talking about the self-taught developer. Uh, so a lot of developers I meet, um, they relate to themselves as uh, what you'd call the self-taught developer. Right. Um, so in other words, you kind of taught yourself how to code. So I'm here with Chris because Chris works with Treehouse. They have a uh, learning platform uh, that uses video and uh, some code quizzes and things like that uh, to teach development. And it kind of supports that self-taught type of developer. Uh, Chris, uh, you want to tell us a little bit about Treehouse and kind of what you do and and what Treehouse does? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so first off, I'm a design manager at Treehouse now. We're finally kind of talking about this. We have some structure now again, and a couple executive level positions went out on Twitter, so that was kind of like the go-ahead to start talking about it. Um, I started as a product designer, and we have a team of about 10 designers right now. We're currently hiring for another designer. But now that I'm a design manager, I have five designers below me. Um, and basically, all of us work on... You know, the app that everybody, if you've used Treehouse, it's what you see when you log in and start to learn and go through the videos and stuff. Basically, you know, we want to be the leaders in online education and make sure that everybody, no matter what their financial level is or how much they make or how much time they have, gives them the ability to get on anytime they want, learn as long as they want, and actually go through real projects that are really engaging and useful for you to use outside of Treehouse. So I, when I grew up and... I wanted to learn about computers and stuff. There was no real resource mm-hmm. for learning other than maybe a book at the library or something like that. There was no internet if I want to date myself a little bit yeah. uh, to go find these things. There's no YouTube or videos to go find. Uh, so things have come a long way where Treehouse, you log in and you're presented with you know different course paths you can take. And you watch videos and then you do like coding examples and exercises and get badges and things like that. For somebody like me that identifies with being a self-taught developer, back in the day, what we did is either a group of us would get together and find a book that, you know, had some kind of programming information in it and try to, you know, work together and copy what was in that book and come up with something. um, And professionally as a developer, I got into the business by the way of electronics. So I started off with a company that did defense electronics and had nothing to do with software and slowly worked my way into it and actually worked myself out of any position that I actually studied my degree for. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know we're, we're kind of longtime friends now, so I know you have a similar path. Yeah, I have, I have an interesting story. I probably started after you started. Um, I think we have a little bit of an age difference. But uh, when I started, it was in high school. I think it was 2002, maybe 2003, something like that. And uh, Or wait, maybe 2008. I can't remember. Somewhere, somewhere early. Um, and the only website that I knew of that I could learn from was, I believe, called WebMonkey. Is that, was that what it was called? <laughs> WebMonkey or... 
Fat Cow. I think Fat Cow is video tutorials. It was probably WebMonkey. But basically, you could go on there and read these tutorials. There was no videos. There was links to some other external sources. And the, the thing that turned me on to that was being in an office to, or a Microsoft Office certification class in college. And we had to go through this really boring book that taught us how to do all this Excel stuff and all the different commands you could do. And I forget the name. Was it Microsoft Access? Was that the database yeah. one? We got into that. I mean, it was super painful, but I kind of breezed through it. And we were able to go at our own pace because we had these books. And I was done with the whole book in like a month. So then I had the rest <laughs> of the school year to basically do nothing. And it was the last, my last class of the day. The teacher was really cool. And so she saw me kind of sitting there not doing anything and uh, she came over and was like, hey, you want to learn how to make websites? And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. You know, I have no idea how that works. I'd never even go gone down that path before. I think my interests at that point were mostly in video production. I was in a video production class as well. So I'd used Macs and uh, used Windows as well. So I think I was on Windows at the time. She showed me how to make um, HTML tables. Everything was table-based back then. Oh, gosh. And yeah, that was the time of, I think, when MySpace was really popular as a social network. So, you know, I hacked together the first couple table websites. And the first one was for, like, my stepmom's salon. And gosh, <laughs> I can still see it in my head. It was the worst thing I've ever made. It had, like, one of those crumbled, like, craft paper background <laughs> repeated with no seamless edges. And all the tables had those, like, transparent borders that come on it by default. And at some point, she told me, you know, you can do a little bit more with with the style and stuff with this language called CSS. And CSS was fairly newish. I don't remember what version it was in, but it was a time where when people had MySpace profiles, you could basically hack CSS and cover up your entire profile with the absolute position div that was like 100% by 100%. And then you would just position absolute everything else you wanted to like make your own MySpace profile on top of that. So that's that's kind of what started the the fire in me, and I, because I was hacking together on MySpace, like everything I learned in CSS was wrong, or I mean it's it's the right way to do CSS in some cases, but everything I did was position absolute, <laughs> so there was no in response. It wasn't a thing then, but yeah, that that's really what got me going. So I, every month or whatever, I would change my MySpace profile and blow people away. They'd be like, "How did you do this?" And uh, it just I don't know started a passion in me, and then I actually figured out that I was doing things wrong once I. I believe maybe YouTube came out and I started looking for tutorials or something like that. But it was always just a compilation of whatever I could find by searching Google or asking people. So you had like a little bit of classes in high school. I had a few as well. There was there was technically a computer science class in school, but they, they taught some rudimentary Pascal things. Mm -hmm. uh, but after high school, I had like zero like formal training on... Uh, software right. or you know programming or anything computer science related uh, how about yourself yeah I didn't have any um, actually when I graduated high school I thought I wanted to be a music major I have so many different passions in high school like I was in I was in band I think all we way. all do <laughs> yeah I was in band from like fifth grade all the way through high school and I played trumpet and I was in the jazz band and concert band and all that so like that's what I thought I wanted to do and I thought I wanted to go into there was a major called music technology at the time and it was basically like you'd work in a studio and you'd learn how to record and edit music and make it sound good for when people played it back on devices and whatnot and long story short I mean not really long story I guess the second day of school I switched my major from music to video production because I went to uh, Cal State Northridge and it's basically near Hollywood so video production and the movie industry was huge there but 
the side of me that kept leaning. When I got into video production, I kept leaning more towards the editing side of things and getting into like action script a little bit with After Effects and really not knowing what I was doing, but could see that there was this like programming language behind uh, video production. And that started intriguing me as well as the design side of things. So I switched my major again after I moved home. I moved back to Fresno from L.A. and got a major or switched my major to art and design with a graphic design option, which is like the best they had at Fresno State where I went. So all my classes were art classes, drawing classes, illustration classes, typography classes, logo classes, like things like that that really were going to get me into being a print designer. But because I'd been introduced to HTML in high school, and then I went down this creative path, I could kind of see how they would relate together and I could use them together in a way that would probably be more future-proof in a job in the world that the way the world was going. So I took, I think Fresno State offered two web classes and they were so basic that I basically taught the classes. Like I went in there, oh the teacher starts going over the curriculum and I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be a <laughs> long semester because it was all basic stuff. Like they were still even going over tables and oh, wow. I'm like, yeah. we need to not do tables. Nobody uses tables anymore. Let's teach the class what divs are. And he's like, that's a good idea. And he was a good programmer himself, but he was forced to follow the curriculum. Mm -hmm. But since I was a student in the class, like I basically just went around seat to seat, everybody in the class and showed them how to do divs and how to do CSS and got everybody started down that path instead of tables. Um, so, so yeah, both of those I basically taught. I didn't learn anything in them. So not only are you teaching the class, you're also paying to be right there. yeah and wasting class. taking out student loans so that way i could afford to go to college yeah and i'm still paying off student loans and i'm 30. <laughs> one of the, one of the best ways to learn is to teach and mentor but i, I don't think you should be paying no, your own way not. to do that it, it ended up being mostly a class where i just went and hung out you know and got to try things and by the time i graduated my senior year i had a portfolio built in uh static HTML, and I was actually using, uh, what was the, it was a JavaScript library like jQuery, Moo something? Gosh, what was it? I don't even remember, but it was something that's similar to jQuery where it basically looked for CSS selectors and you could do mm -hmm. that, like do all your interaction stuff with that. And uh, so I built this portfolio site that had these different panels that opened and closed and revealed my portfolio work. And it was like way more advanced than any of the other students in the college. And so um, all the teachers noticed that and we had our senior portfolio show and they hand out awards and stuff and being a designer programmer, you know, I wanted to incorporate some element of my website into my show. So I actually built this with my one of my brother in law, this crazy wooden display thing that had these, uh, I don't know, they were probably four foot by eight foot panels that were attached to this pulley system down the back and they were all weighted evenly so I could pull them down at any level and it would stay. So it basically mim mimicked my website or each panel you pulled down oh was the gosh. same panel on my website. And I had my website on a laptop below that to connect it. And I ended up getting an award for like interaction design in, in high school or in college. And nice. that wasn't even really a thing at the time. <laughs> so that kind of set me off on the path. And now everything I do, I'm looking for some kind of cool interaction to help bring that delightful element. Yeah. I always say one thing you can't be taught is creativity. Yeah, that's true. You can you can be taught the creative process, but you know, I definitely knew people in college who learned the same process as me on how to solve a problem in a creative way with the given constraints and stuff, but they're not designers now. They're who knows what they're doing and they just it just didn't connect and yeah. I could definitely see that. I, I hate to say that cuz you know, it sucks if you are the person that isn't born with creativity, but 
luckily you don't have to be creative to work in the web. You could just be a front end guy that codes static pages or whatever based on Photoshop file that someone else made. So I think a lot of developers don't give themselves enough credit for being creative. Yeah. I think a lot of developers, if not almost all of them are because essentially we're all making something out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many different ways to tackle any given problem with whatever language you're using that, yeah, you definitely in your own realm are creatively choosing, you know, what's going to work best. It might not look like art or something, but that's not the only creative thing. So you graduated with a degree. What's the official title? Art and design with an option in graphic design. So I don't even claim that anymore. <laughs> you know, like I think my first job after college, I was basically a print designer um, for a church and I got to dabble in web still because they had a website and there was new landing pages they needed for certain parts of the church and whatnot. So I did get to do a little bit of web work while I was there for a year. But, you know, it was I was missing it big time. Like I knew I wanted to just dive into that whole industry and learn as much as I could. And I was introduced to SAS at the time at the church as well because the developer that worked at the church happened to kind of be into, into SAS. And he was like, oh, have you seen this preprocessor? And I got into it way back in the day when the syntax was like, if you've used SAS, you know now it's SCSS and it's got all the colons and brackets and stuff. But SAS, when it started, was you put the class declaration and then a tab and you actually started with the col with the semicolon and then put the name of the um, property space and then the value. So it looked really weird, but I don't know, it felt ni it felt right to me and that kind of ignited my obsession with front end even more. And so then I started trying to find a job near the Bay Area and went to Zurb. <laughs> so when you, when you started working at Zurb, you were following the passion of being a designer, but you're also doing coding. But you had never really taken a whole lot of, you, know, you never had any CS, you know, a computer science no. degree or anything like that, uh, like high-level mathematics. And No, yeah, the, the highest math I went to was in high school was basically trigonometry. Yeah, I never went to calculus or anything. And th there's a lot of jobs where that, you know, that obviously is a requirement uh, mm -hmm. and needs to be a requirement. But there's also a lot of development work that you can be a, an amazing coder and have you know, taught yourself from books or, mm -hmm. you know, watched videos online or taken courses like Treehouse and, and just be an absolute amazing developer. I know, I know many of them. Me too. And uh, you've got these guys that don't have these bachelor's degree in computer science degrees from universities, but they're some of the best developers around. And uh, that's kind of kind of the boat that I fell into. I had a degree in electronics. I always wanted to go learn about software development and stuff, but the courses they were offering at the colleges where I was in Florida didn't really offer anything bleeding edge uh, yeah. or practical that you could use. I don't think colleges still do bleeding. They're still behind. No, <laughs> not, not, not by far. Not that I know of. I'm, I'm not speaking from a lot of firsthand knowledge. Um, I've talked to some students that uh, it kind of baffles me sometimes what yeah. they're being taught. Uh, for example, uh, somebody I was talking to recently was being uh, shown um, Dreamweaver in front page. and Oh, boy. You know, <laughs> they're using table layouts and stuff still to this day. Uh, but that was the situation, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I was looking into schools and stuff. I couldn't find anything that had any kind of practical application. You know, it was a lot of theory, a lot of math. 
yeah. uh, which all, you know, it's applicable to the industry, but at the end of the day, you could graduate and not know a thing about software development. Very true. <laughs> and I, did, I didn't want to put myself in that position. I wanted to learn something I could actually go out and make money with, uh, which may or may not have been the wrong uh <laughs> frame of mind, but I chose to do electronics instead. I figured that was a close relative and, um, you know, I could make cool things with that, get into robotics or something like that. And, uh, I got a, I got a job in electronics. I was aiming for, uh, engineering, you know, career path. And I ended up just improving processes around the electronics facility I worked in by writing software. You know, I was just getting books and going online uh, there was a thing by, by the time I was working. Um, and, you know, just learning from other people at, at work that dabbled with code and stuff like that and, and actually wrote some pretty sophisticated, uh, not code-wise, obviously. These were really poorly coded, but uh, the end result was actually pretty sophisticated, you know, software that solved major problems for our company right and this and, was like physical they were out on the floor working in the factory right and yeah you, they were up on monitors the things you made right uh so what i ended up doing was we we were still using processes from the 70s where we would look through gigantic booklets and you know find reference codes that went to other booklets and wow. i ended up writing uh pretty much what would be considered a database or a document recovery system and you'd scan a barcode instead of look through, you know, seven different binders to find the information nice. you're looking for and just search and, and pull up the documents that way. And uh, it would actually do some automated setup on, uh, you know, physical electronic, you know, uh, equipment that built circuit boards and things. Awesome. So, you know, never, never had that computer science degree, never had any formal, you know, nobody ever sat down. Uh, instructor-wise and showed me how to right. you know, do this kind of stuff. It was more trial, trial and error, error. Yeah. exactly <laughs> the words I was looking for. Yep. Just hashing it out and seeing what worked and what so didn't. So much frustration. Um, <laughs> safe to say no unit testing, no <laughs> no best practices. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, much later on, I, I got into that after, after it was actually a career already. Um, I started getting, you know, just honing the craft type of the thing. So. Yeah, that's the best way to learn, I think. Um, everything I ever learned, like, before I needed to apply it somewhere real, like, went out of my head after, I don't know, a week, two weeks, <laughs> a month. Like, I kind of knew the concepts. If I saw it again, I could quickly refresh myself and understand what I was doing again. But it wasn't until I actually built my first portfolio and started seeing the connection between the markup and the style sheets and understanding a little more what JavaScript was and you know, writing or hacking together some function that was already written, but understanding enough to tweak little parts of it to make it do what I wanted to do and thinking like JavaScript with this was this like magical language. And over the years, I just kept trying things with JavaScript and CSS and HTML came pretty naturally to me because you don't really need any programming or hardcore math to do any of that right it's just Mm -hmm. if you want a paragraph you know you use a paragraph tag and if you want to style a certain color the css basically reads like english there's nothing crazy about it that is hard to understand but javascript was always this mystery to me that i wanted to conquer a little more because you can do some amazing interactions and and work with css and markup and stuff with it um so the first 
website I used was all hacked together from other plugins. And I did that probably for a year or two. And then after I started working at Zurb and doing client projects, there was like new code every month. You know, I was always working on some new code base. And of course, you know, we used foundation for all of our projects. So I always had this base to start from. And there was all the JavaScript plugins and foundation, which working with the developers at Zurb, that's really what made me understand JavaScript and how to write a function, how to do things as dry as possible and how like nobody writes JavaScript perfect the first time. It's always ugly and it's always horrible the first time and you always have to refactor to make it dry in the end. And you can always improve it somewhere down the road. You learn something new and you're like, wait a minute, yeah, I could have done that. (laughs) I think about every like two to five years, like you go back and look at something you wrote, every developer is just ashamed of whatever it was. It doesn't matter how great it was either at the time. I mean, you walk away thinking it's a masterpiece and two years go by and you look back at it and you're like, oh my God, who wrote this? Yeah. Oh, it was me. (laughs) Actually, the one of the things, it wasn't that long ago, actually. I think it was... Maybe two years ago when we that big JavaScript warrior thing was going around. Was that two years ago? Remember the game thing you had programmed, oh, like yes. the levels? Yeah. That uh, that actually was one of the things that really got JavaScript to stick, like the, the way you write functions and how writing your functions can almost tell a story and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so what you're talking about is uh, JS Warrior. There you go, so yeah. So we, we uh, connected on some uh, JS Warrior, like pair programming. Yeah. And uh, finished that and, and went back and like refactored it and yeah. made it all fancy and look nice and if we probably looked back at that code right now we'd think it, it was shameful probably. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, things like js warrior are like a good like way to practice and things like that and what about people that are just like you know you're pretty new at programming um there's treehouse obviously yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah treehouse and all kinds of other resources yeah what about community type resources are you involved in any like user groups obviously um we're we're actually at a conference right now recording this so you're you're a speaker at the conference yeah uh, so you do speaking uh so new people conferences are a good way to get in yeah um, i think conferences are great um meetups are really good that's that's probably where i started getting into the community in uh, in and around like the san jose area where i was working and went to some meetups up in palo alto and san francisco you know met a lot of really cool people and it's at those meetups that you always feel so humbled because like, you feel like you're you're learning all this and you feel really smart and then you get there and you realize all these other people are way smarter than you, but they're <laughs> also usually pretty friendly. And if you ask them questions, you know, they'll, they'll open your laptop and sit down with you and show you what they did and try to help you understand it for the most part. And that happened um, as I went through like meetups around the Bay Area and um, I was never the type that picked a meetup and always went to the same meetup. I always kind of tried new meetups and I still to this day, I don't have like a meetup that I always go to. Um, just occasionally I'll go check out a new one. I always run into the same people because it's just all the tech scene in Santa Cruz and San Jose and stuff where I'm at. Um, and then conferences, the first conference I think I went to was Code Palooza. Might've been one before that, but yeah, I think Ed reached out and was like, you should speak about foundation. And I'd never been to Louisville. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Louisville and check it out, have a have a hot brown and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> and I really liked Louisville the first year I came here. Uh, the people at the conference were really friendly, and it was like a fresh breath of air coming from the Bay Area. Not to bash in the Bay Area everything, but a lot of the startup culture in San Francisco, it's, it's kind of getting old. You know, people are really into themselves and name dropping and not really proving what they can build, but just proving who they know. And it was, it was nice to come to Louisville where everybody is, it's still a really young tech scene, but... 
booming like crazy. And every year I've come back to Cotapalooza, it's like almost doubled in size. So yeah. it's it's a refreshing environment to be in like once a year to come here and just get a different dose of what the Texan could be. So speaking of learning and uh and this is a it's kind of like a roundabout connection like it kind of like uh came back upon itself that you're here uh because before you even worked at treehouse you came here working for zerb uh you started working for treehouse and you've been coming out to louisville you know every year for copalooza and then uh treehouse hooked up with the local government here in the city of louisville and started doing something really amazing and that is offering Treehouse to Louisville student, or sorry, Louisville uh, pu- public library card holders. Yep. Um, that started, I think, maybe a year ago or so. We started kind of this Code USA initiative when we saw the government was starting up this whole tech hire thing that was going to come. And um, it was always our goal to, you know, help provide this knowledge to people, to anybody that needs it. And being able to hook up with libraries. I think Louisville was our first public library we actually got going where, you know, they said we'll pay some amount and you basically get unlimited accounts at that time and have all kinds of learning resources um, in the library. So when the student walks in or anybody walks in with a card, they see a poster or something and they know they can sign up. And it was pretty successful. I'm not sure in any numbers, not part of that specific team at Treehouse, but um, I know it's been successful. And then Code Oregon came around, which was easy for for a treehouse to kind of tackle because it was basically in Portland and they uh, hooked up with the, the Oregon government to do the same thing that Code Louisville is doing basically. But I think Code Louisville is the first like national recognized one because I believe Tech Hire mentioned it or something like that. I can't remember, hmm. but it, it's, it's one of the more yeah. recognized ones I think now. I think it's a pretty amazing effort uh, by all parties involved. It gives people that would not normally have the chance uh, to get that kind of education, uh, to get involved with the industry and learn Mm -hmm. and actually be placed in jobs when they're done. I mean, if you and me could rewind back to our, you know, 15, 16 year old selves, if we had a library card that would have given us access to that kind of, you know, curriculum uh imagine the changes it would have made i know yeah we would have learned a lot more quicker Mm -hmm. and probably been more advanced in our careers than we are now like at this time but that's the great thing about the tech industry though it's always changing so there's always something to learn yeah one of the things i liked about how code louisville handled this whole program which was different than code oregon i believe is that they basically split it split it down into these 12 week programs Mm -hmm. and you pick a track and you go down it so you learn you focus on front end for 12 weeks and you have you know some mentors and people that are guiding you through it and at the end you're not just left hanging especially now like we have our student success coordinator on board here in Louisville that just started a couple weeks ago at Treehouse and her whole job is going to be communicating with these tree or these Treehouse students, but Code Louisville students after mm-hmm. they're finished with a couple courses and figuring out, you know, where they want to go in their career and helping them find the right role, whether that's an internship first or internship leading to a job, or maybe they've already have enough skill to just go straight into a full-time job. But I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't, I don't think I realized that it was split up like that until I met all those students today, which was fun. Yeah, we, we did a little meet and greet with a bunch of Code Louisville students here at the conference, invited them to the conference and got them uh, got them into their very first tech conference. Um, 
We did that on behalf of uh, Telerik, Codepalooza, and uh, Treehouse, and Code Louisville. Yep. Uh, so we got ten, you know, fresh students that just cre- uh, finished the curriculum um, and brought them to you know an amazing conference with 104 speakers, uh, where they could come and just talk to like the the best you know people in the industry. Uh, about what they love to do and w- what the students are excited to learn and and uh, the jobs they'd like to have. So uh, amazing opportunity for them. Great uh, partnership with all four of those uh, companies to get yeah. get that done and get those people here. Um, like I said, if we were back, you know, 16 years older, early years where we were working, those jobs we probably didn't want to have yeah. uh, and would rather be in tech uh, something like that would have been just amazing. Yeah, exactly. So. And uh, touching on that too, um, one thing that stood out to me about the group of students was like the yeah. diversity between like ages, yeah. genders, nationalities, like every single person was so different in where they are in their life. And that's mm-hmm. one of the amazing things about the tech industry is that you can you can really just, you've been working in a factory for 30 years and you want a program, like you can do it. Mm-hmm. With Treehouse and all the other learning resources out there, you can do it after work, you can do it on the weekend learn it bit by bit until, you know, you know enough to make that jump and feel confident enough to switch industries. And for the most part, everybody I know that has gone from another industry into the tech industry, it's been the best move they've ever made. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, the most first person in the subject and, and it's a very complex subject. So it's, it's probably enough for, uh, you know, somebody else's podcast that, that yeah. knows more about it. But I will say, I, I feel that things like that will help the diversity situation. You know, things like offering uh, Treehouse through the public library system will help diversity much more than uh, some of the other initiatives I've seen where right. they're, they're kind of browbeating people into, you know, giving up numbers and things like that. It's but true, yeah. That, like I said, is a very complex situation, but I think that's a, at least a positive step in that direction. Yeah. Uh, things like that are, are a big help. Yeah, I think so too. So talking about the Code Louisville people, uh, do you have any advice for these you know new devs that are just coming out of the program or just finishing up some Treehouse or just getting into Treehouse even? The biggest lesson I think you can take away like from trying to learn tech and learning a new language or like, and I still deal with this, maybe not on a daily basis, but if I come up with an issue where I've never done some problem in some language that's new to me, um, you're going to hit those points of frustration. And learning a new language is like a roller coaster. So you're going to have those moments where you learn something new and you feel like a god and you're like, wow, I just created Frankenstein's monster or something. (laughs) And it's like a really powerful feeling. And that feeling is what keeps me going. And probably you too. It's Mm -hmm. like you created this thing from nothing. It's words on a screen that you can then interact with on a browser. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And the biggest piece of advice is that time when you learn, there's a really steep curve in the beginning where you feel like you're learning all the things. And then you hit a point where you felt like you've almost taken on too much information and you hit a wall. And a lot of people stop at that point because those walls are really hard to get past. But speaking from somebody who's been in the industry for over 10 years now, those walls always come. And I think you have to be the type of individual who, when you hit a wall, that's almost like giving you some fire to try to get past that wall. Because once yeah. you get past that wall, you go up another roller coaster hill and you're higher than you were before. 
but then the next wall is going to come. Yeah. My my advice that I always give to people that are learning and they run into those situations and even, you know, coming to conferences, if you get in a, a session that's way over your head. So in if you're into code or, you know, talking to someone that's, you know, way above your knowledge base, uh, what I say is, you know, let it go, learn it, listen to it. You may not understand it, but eventually you'll think back and remember what that person was talking about or what that problem was, mm-hmm. and it'll click. Yep. It'll click, and it'll come back to you, and you'll be glad you you know stuck with it instead of you know trying to ignore it or give up or yeah. or whatever. Those moments when things click are are amazing. Um, another big thing I'd say was is you go if you're going through like Trios for example, we teach you how to build something, and it's basically a real app or a real web app or real real something that you're building. So there's you can see that there's a final use case to what you're building, but when you learn a concept through a video like that, say you're learning how to make I don't know a uh, the basics of MVC or something like that, and you kind of understand the structure and you've built it in this one way for this one app that they showed you, make sure that you take it upon yourself to go outside of that and try that same concept on something that you thought of so you don't have a video or a final product that shows you what it should be because those are the things that really challenge you and help you understand the concepts to where you have to you you understand part of something but you know you need to do this one thing different so you have to either do some googling or trial and error until you figure it out and that's how you basically learn a lot of new things the topic of the show is uh, you know the self-taught developer but really uh, if you think about it, you know, we're teaching each other at conferences, uh, we're teaching each other at user groups, and, you know, we have those instructors on, you know, the Treehouse videos. Um, so we may feel like we're self-taught because we're going out and finding it on our own uh, rather than, you know, maybe enrolling in a certain, you know, uh, traditional course um, right. and being taught by a, a teacher physically. Um, but, you know, we're all learning from each other. So yeah, definitely. I, um, I, every I always, relationship you make can like open up some other pool of knowledge that you have access to. Yeah, I always identify as a self-taught developer, but really, you know, it's been a community thing. Uh, just you know, a self-effort more than yeah. I self-taught. think that you hit on that. That's the key. Self-taught is not you're some innate genius that you can just figure this shit out on your own. <laughs> it's definitely you know using your connections. A lot of trial and error, going to meetups, going to conferences, and just taking in as much as you can. And like you said, you're going to have to let some of that go in the beginning because it's going to not make sense. But at some point down the road, a project will come up and some JavaScript or Ruby or Rails concept that you heard just a smidge about, well, just the beginning of that will click and you'll go down that road and be a new. And I think it's important, you know, to still have the, you know, I think it's important because the formal training still needs to be around for uh, the software industry. Obviously, there's there's bigger things that need to be built, and there's going to be more uh, computer science knowledge involved in those bigger things. Uh, but the industry is so big; there's just so much room for you know designers like yourself that have coding abilities, and electronics degree people like myself that have coding abilities, yep. and you know even you know musicians and cooks and you name it that wanted to learn to code and now they're developers and yeah uh, we we kind of come from all over the place now and it's it's a really interesting place to be in yeah there's there's jobs 
for tech people in literally every industry. Like, and that mm -hmm. wasn't apparent 10 years ago because the people didn't think they needed it. But like every industry now is like, oh no, we need a designer and developers because we need this app and we need this website and we need to be accessible and responsive. And all of this is a big thing for a lot of big companies now. It's not something that you can just ignore. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Thanks a lot for coming out and doing this with me, Chris. Yeah, it was my pleasure, you know, and uh, if you're curious on learning anything about te technology, you know, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Swift, basically almost any language you can think of, soon to be even game design, visit teamtreehouse.com and start a 14-day free trial.